Hello and welcome to Dungeoneer, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. So Josh, last week we were creating your characters, or your character for the Lukewarm Open, and um, we were thinking about continuing it, because we kind of left off at a big cliffhanger that I don't 100% remember what it was, but we did leave <laughs> off on a cliffhanger. <laughs> it was It was a barbarian, no, no, it was a, sorry, it was a druid ranger. Druid of the Stars. Yeah, I remember Ranger that. Ranger Horizon Walker, because they are their group is somehow related to the stars and learning of them and learning and of the planes and learning of the other gods. And um, they were on from the new continent and they were coming. Oh, they, like a, a group of them came over. And did we decide if you were born on the new continent or if you were born on the old world, so to speak? Um... Like, do you remember anything about the new world, or do you remember just remember the old world? I think that's going to be a really important part. See, I think I think it depends. I think if I'm going to be like an elf with something that lives long, then yes. But if I am not, so elves in my world do live long, but not a whole no, yeah, lot yeah, longer than the average race. So. I assume like 500 years. Yeah, probably like 300 to 500 years, depending. On yeah, the yeah. Species, the species of elves, <laughs> depending on what elf they are, and um where they where they lived because mm-hmm. there are certain societies that have a much harsher life comparative to other societies so it kind of depends also where they're from mm-hmm. well i guess we we should start there then if it kind of decides a little bit on your race what do you what race do you see yourself playing what race do you see i didn't have an, i didn't really have any of that planned out do you have anything that you would like me to be what's what's on the new world well, the New World has a lot of pretty much all the same races that... Um, okay, it's just unexplored by the them, so it's not really a New World. It's just un- yeah, it's just unexplored. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a New World in the sense that... It's undiscovered. Um, the world we're playing on hasn't discovered this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's also not even the New World, so this might help you. I don't want to like do a bunch of spoilers because you know we're obviously playing a game um, as well in this world, but mm-hmm. um, the New World's not even necessarily completely tribal, so to speak. So it's not like... No, know, yeah, no, I, I, I figured that from there was the people that existed there. <laughs> I'm figuring there's cities, societies, trading, everything going on there. Yeah. Yes, yes, but um, there is a vast majority of it that is tribal and like undiscovered. Think of... I don't know a good real world explanation, but or like a think of like I guess South America in terms of like there are like jungle tribes that run around through the jungles, but there's also like you know, you know like major cities in Brazil and Chile and all that stuff, right? So like it there's a there's a dynamic, a different dynamic than the old world. Hmm. So, what do you think would be the most interesting race to choose from this new world? that um would also make sense that they would be one of the ones hunting for the stars well there are several there are several different tribes or even groups of people who look at the stars um one of the main ones is actually a um uh, a a group of giant kin so to speak um so the giants way back in history of my world the giants made Const, not constellations, but they, they essentially made like stone hinges around the world that mirrored constellations um, because the giants believed that um, they were born from the stars. So 
um, giants often roamed the world looking for places where magical energy was closest to them. So it would match really well if you went with some sort of like giant yeah. kin. Yeah, I'll be uh, a cloud giant. You know, like a, a Goliath. <laughs> yeah, I think that works. I think just, that's you know, totally just, fair. Yeah, yeah, a cloud giant? Yeah, oh, just, I'll no. just be a cloud giant. <laughs> no, but like some sort of a Goliath. <laughs> uh, Furbolg even, I guess, yeah. kind of fits under that realm. Um, you know, those type of races work really well. Um, but that's would you okay? Would you be willing really to go with me of, somewhere? Custom custom race. It's it's one that it's a group that exists in D and D and is giant kin, but is not well, a I'm playable race. Fomorian. Fomorian. Yeah, they're oh like they're the uh, super ugly ones that have all the boils and pusses yeah. because their whole thing is that they were used to be the most beautiful of giants and they were uh, arrogant because of that and so they got cursed to never be beautiful again. How. How big are Fomorians? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's my world. I can decide what I want, but like, how, I think they're supposed to be slightly bigger. You no, know? they're like. So are we talking taller like than fourteen feet? Like, Is that what we're talking? Well, about? they don't. I don't. Him? I don't think we need to be. Um, I always had them as like. Less than a hill giant. What we could do is if you were a Fomorian, we could like kind of link their curse to like you being cursed by the gods because you were like ex- like your people were exploring gods outside of the yes yes i love that because your gods are very controlling like about (laughs) who is who is okay following and who is not so it looks like they are 13 feet tall now we could 13 feet. we could shrink that or just let me play a 13 feet foot tall individual i mean i kind of like having you be a 13 foot tall Kind of, no, just kind of know that this is a very real possibility as a player in your campaign. If my person ever dies, this is who's coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of like it. Yeah, we'll let you be 13. Cool. That's fine with me. That's funny. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that'd be, that'd be really fun to role play. Just how are you getting into a tavern? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I, think I, got, I guess I'm out here still. I don't, I don't think I can make it through that. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, hey, hey. Um, and I like to think that my guy kind of has like kind of that that classic like almost like barbarian voice and like people will, yeah. will think like or like oh you're from the new world oh so you're like from like, what tribe are you from or like something like that and I'm like well I mean what do you mean no like we like they they think that we're tribal and we're backwards and I'll be like no like I studied this in a university like yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, tribal? We should make you a wizard. <laughs> like, no, I studied this from books and writing in a library at a university. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I lo- so I love the idea of the idea of the muscle wizard who's supposed to be like a, uh, you know, who who's supposed to be like this big scary guy, but he's just like a wizard and smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that kind of like a Goliath wizard or something. I love those concepts. Yeah. Um. So, a couple things. First and foremost, um, if you're a Fomorian, I mean, we, that could make you from the Underdark if you wanted to be from the Underdark. Um, no, I like the idea of this other world. No, this other continent. You like the idea of the other world? Okay, and then, so are you thinking more like a tribal? No, 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 no. I, other no, I think I'm, I'm from a city. I studied at a university. I, like, I think I went, I was on some sort of like a research expedition. And I don't know, I don't know how many people got cursed with the curse of the Fomorian. Um, could could I or my group have done something so bad that the god just said, "Fine, your whole race will be cursed"? 
I mean, yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if so, I mean, what did I do? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> How did I do something that bad? <laughs> so there's a couple things that I guess could relate to this that might be of interest to you. First, um, as you know, and you know, the people listening have heard mention, but the gods in my world are very, very controlling and very particular about mm-hmm. who can be worshipped and who cannot be worshipped. Um, so much so that there are three accepted pantheons, only one of which um, is allowed to be worshipped in the world. Um, so you have the gods of light. Those are the ones that are allowed to be worshipped. They are like the good guys, so to speak. Um, you have demon lords who are accepted as the pantheon because they can, they were not defeated by the gods of light in the big war. So they pretty much have no option but to accept that they exist because they objectively exist in the world. Um so, but they are heavily outlawed by most societies. There's a few places where they're not. Um, third is the neutral gods, and those are the gods that called the material plane their home before the invasion. So each god resided on their own their own plane, and they created armies to invade the material plane in order to take over its resources, so to speak. Um, the mm-hmm. gods that resided on the material plane uh, are the neutral gods, so they're gods of, like, fire and, like, elements and things like that, and there's only five of them. So, um pretty much gods of nature because nature in my society is often thought of thought of as neutral because it can bring prosperity but it can also bring great devastation mm. so it's thought of thought up as neutral instead of evil or good um so there's a couple things that your group could have done um first um throughout history um the gods of light have as you know from playing our game as well a little bit have I don't want to say imprisoned other deities that existed, <laughs> but have made their existence less known. Um, so there could be uh, ways of... We tried to free them? Making, Yeah, trying to free them. That's a really big one. Um, so if you wanted to free them, they're not... Again, they're not imprisoned, so to speak, but they are just not... They're not really existing. Well, so I think, I think what happens is we followed their stars... We made it to their plane, learned of them, their beliefs, and who they are, and then tried to disseminate and spread that. Now, if you don't want to create all of those people, you could have part of the curse is that we forgot all what we learned. And so that could be like part of my person's is I want to find those stars again, and maybe I'll have like visions of the stars that I saw that led me to the gods partway through or some way through our campaign. So, a um, couple things on this as well. So, constellations, as we kind of explained last time, are essentially the imprints of the planes, like the gods' planes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you follow constellations, you can find potentially keys or ways ways of getting to the other gods. Um, so, uh, we discussed that. It's also a big theme in this current campaign that we're kind of going through. Um, so they're essentially little imprints or maps that lead you to uh, the closest way of getting to the gods' domains. So um, if you followed stars, it would then necessarily lead to you discovering some sort of key or discovering some sort of method of getting to a plane in which those gods are not supposed to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if you tried to open such a thing or use such a thing... Uh, I mean, the gods would would be very unhappy. So you, <laughs> your your entire group or race would probably be cursed into a couple of options. One, 
um, forgetting everything and, you know, waking up as something completely new. So, you know, just completely new life, you know, you're reborn, so to speak. Um, two would be to mix up the information you learned. So it's no longer true, like mis misguide you and misdirect you. So you have misconceptions of things that existed or three, the people surrounding you, uh, would essentially like not banish you, but think you're insane. Like they would do something that would make people think that you are not to be listened to. So if we combine two of those, which we were kind of talking about, which would be forgetting and then like cursing you to be like, you know, deformed. And a lot of my world is very, um, it it's heavily inspired by like 17th, 16th to 17th century Europe, where there's a lot of bad <laughs> beliefs towards people who look different than you. So um, that could be something that happened. Mm -hmm. so thoughts on like being cursed into looking like a femorian but also um kind of partially forgetting uh, yeah these, like traditions and things that you have discovered yes i definitely think that's what it is and i think throughout the campaign i would start having like visions of constellations and start looking and as one of our now, and one of our players already has constellation stuff that they're looking for Maybe if if this character ever does get introduced, I recognize the constellation um, when he summons yeah, a spiritual weapon really and they'd be like, oh, man, I know what that is, but I don't know what that is. Like, I can't make the connection, but I've seen it before type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's still quite a bit, but we're getting we're getting a little long. Yes. But the last thing I want to discuss before Lucrum Open ends is um, it's really important for me um when I'm playing and when I'm DMing, I don't want to take Jonah's spotlight. So yes. I don't want his story agree. is kind of set how I want it. And I don't want your character to come in and all of a sudden be his story, right? Mm -hmm. So um, his story is heavily based on stars. Um, but I think it, we can make yours different in terms of... See, I don't even. I didn't even for his particular pick it up that his his. I mean, I think it just became stars because that's how your world works. Not, yes. that's not really how the yes. story is about stars. Right, right. So I think we're we're okay because he his story is specifically just finding his own god. Yeah, find his own god. Well, there are you know certain ways to do so. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not. Yeah. I'm not finding. Um, I'm not, stars I'm being just, one of them. I'm more trying to find the ways to find the gods. So I might help, but I would not be. My goal would not be I met when too, he meets his goal. I think too. What I would like to do, like to um, incorporate into your story, mm -hmm. if you're okay with it, is more of like an finding out what your ancestors did. Like there's something which we can discuss later, but there's something that you know or understand about like a curse that you've, your people have been like put under. I think, I think that would be a fun twist and divergence is also kind of this narrative of trying to undo the curse or find the curse or find, you know, how you can get your, you know, people's traditions and memories back. I think that could be fun too. Mm -hmm. I I think so I think they went f further in their memory wipe. I think what they partially did as well was they removed our culture and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so you're trying to so I'm trying to that culture regain the culture. And I don't know, like, 
I'm not sure if I'm like like totally sold on the gods because what if what if I'm like hunting for the gods but not yeah. because I care about the gods or yeah. care about the freedom to believe no I just want to know I just want my my people back as they were or yeah. to know what they were because yeah. that might not exactly. be worth yeah. no, getting I back love, I, I love that yeah and I think that's perfect and, it, and it's a way to die you know to diverge from Jonah's yeah. story so I like that a lot so cool we'll stop there yes we still have more to do but it's fun it's fun making characters I love making characters mm-hmm. well onto the topic I guess Heck yeah, are we still in Star Wars universe? No. I mean, we'll probably go back. We'll probably go back. Way late. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was uh, your favorite author is what we talked about last week. Okay. <laughs> Michael, uh, this week we're talking more about Michael Moorcock and his worlds. Heck yeah. Specifically a culture and people that have an incredibly interesting history and purpose. We're going to talk about Mel Nibine. Melnibene was part of Moorcock's world for his Elric series. Specifically, the main character is Elric of Melnibene. The thing that makes Melnibene so interesting, besides its appearance, is the Melnibeneans. They are the people of the main character, the group he was defined by and the culture he was born into. Now, this is a continuation of what Moorcock was doing uh, where he was trying to create fantasy to be against or not not samey with everything around his time. He wanted to go against the overplayed tropes of the time. He wanted the yeah, Milnibaneans. Yeah, a unique feel. Yeah, he wanted not just a unique feel, but also to dive into deeper philosophies um, and deeper struggles and things. Um, and the Milnibaneans were a huge difference to any of the, like classic races uh, that heroes were born from like you can think of like the hobbits and this will be nothing nothing like the hobbits yeah yeah okay got it that makes sense for being it's such not a- like halflings and hobbits where dnd rips off halflings or ha- hobbits i mean well, what i mean what i mean is more like like the hobbit race is is written as and their culture is written as this jovial, sweet, like they just kind of want to be left alone and just have a good life and 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 drink and, and party drink and be happy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, they would not be a prime race to be antagonist in anything. This race would 100 percent be great antagonists. They're terrible people. Oh, my gosh. I just had some sort of random epiphany mm-hmm. that could be very fun for your character, even though I know you're going to say no already. What if you were a halfling and you were previously giantkin, but you were cursed to be a halfling? <laughs> See, I like the fun Fomorian oh, angle. I like being super tall. I like the kind of weirdness Not, of yeah. that. But I will say, um, I did think of something during your talk, and I do want you to put a note down. Um, could you write this down? Um, this is for next our next world that we build. I want All the right, I'm writing it down. Gods to first create giants to build the world. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. I like that idea. So gods create giants and giants create the world. Yeah, yeah. The the cloud giants created the clouds and the sky and the atmosphere. The the like cool giant too, stone giants created the, have, like, the world and the Yes, and and but eventually the giants um, 
rebel. And so that will be like a major thing of our next the world. I thought that was That's super really fun. An interesting idea. It kind of reminds me. Um, We're and so has, off topic right now. The history doesn't remind me, <laughs> but the, um, you know, in Lord of the Rings, when they're like going down the river in the Fellowship of the Ring, and there's these giant, huge statues, uh, statues of their king. Yep. Like that's kind of would be really cool to kind of implement that kind of stuff where like they're these weird like, you know, giant archways or, you know, like statues that are like completely out of place and people don't know about them or like they maybe they do. Yeah. But like just anyways, it's really cool. Yeah, we might do an Attack on Titan like thing for that. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go back to that later. Um, for being such a central group, what they were known for was their horrible traits. They were powerful magically and in being so, they believed that they were better than the rest of the world. They were known as a depraved and decadent race. Their lives and actions ruled by tradition. And since they were so advanced, a major part of their lives was purely in searching for their own pleasure and new sensations. They were even said to have a lack of morals. All of this combined to make a real group of a-holes. It was even said that they often found amusement in torturing their slaves. Oh, gosh. This powerful society had some more interesting things in it, such as the part of what we talked about last week. Moorcock created this world with the elements of law and chaos being the major building blocks of the world. Well, just like the Force there, just like the Force, like in Star Wars, there are different places with different affinities. Melnibene and its people tended towards chaos. This went as far as the Melnibeneans serving the Lords of Chaos. Specifically, Elric followed Lord Ariok. These Lords of Chaos granted the city and its people much power over the years. Many would pray to them, hoping to be the ones summoned or be granted power by a Chaos Lord. Now, in Elric's time, this hadn't happened in many, 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 many years. But during his time, two people became champions of chaos. Elric, as one of them, for Lord Ariok, defeated the other, the other one, Irakun. Since they were trying to take his throne, as the sorcerer king of Meldimene were known for being champions of chaos, this individual, Irakun, wanted to restore Melnibene to its former glory. This is because at one point, the Melnibeneans ruled the world with their magical and technological superiority, not to mention their relationship with the dragons. A few human groups fought back, only to be destroyed and devastated, but some still survived and thrived and that is partially thanks to what the Melnibeneans did next. Over time, they developed so far along that they just grew apathetic, seeking only their own pleasure, as I said earlier. Because of this, they stopped fighting and doing things that weren't enjoyable, and started to atrophy, returning to their capital of Imrir. They had lost their curiosity for the world, and their population began to shrink. The society waned due to this atrophying, till it was mainly just the capital city of Imrir. This is where Elric came onto the scene, born into, the, into royalty of this dying culture that had grown complacent and didn't even see that it was dying. 
it definitely saw that it was lacking the world domination of previous generations, but many had grown comfortable with that. Now, a few, like the one that tried to take the, phone, the throne earlier, Irakun, sought to bring about that domination once more, and he tried to usurp the throne. Elric never believed that the way forward and to grow for his people was through domination. He didn't want to bring that era of Melnibene back. Eventually, Elric realized, I need to leave Melnibene. I need to see what's out there to see how they have prevented the folly of our group. And maybe I can hopefully bring back the knowledge of the world to Melnibene and have us become not just an enemy of the world, but a major player within it. So he headed to the lands of the humans called the Young Kingdoms to learn of is, the world. Um, well, I was going to say, is his, um, is his whole story like trying to regain his, trying to like restore his like country, or is it more like to try to divide like to separate himself from his country what's the idea there so it starts with this iracoon starting to try and okay elric is born with a with a um some some sort of defect some sort of that kind of weakens him and he has to have this this magical potion pretty much to kind of keep him going during a fight, uh, during a battle with some humans that, that had come to kind of ransack or raid Melnibene, he kind of gets sort of weakened, and Irakun takes his opportunity to try and kill him. Try and kill Elric and take the throne. Ah, as Irakun okay. is his cousin. The leaders of Melnibene are friends with, as I said earlier, dragons, but they're also friends with elementals. So in, instead of dying, Elric's soul calls out to the elementals. The elementals save his life. And he comes back and, is, and Iracun's like trying to lead. And he's like, no, 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 I'm here still. And he's and um, but through all of this time, he kind of gets closer and has to call upon the Lord of Chaos. Ariuk. Um. Because Ericoon has called on another Lord of Chaos, which I, I might have been Ericoon as well, or might have, I'm Ariok, it might have been somebody else. But um, the only way he could have the power to defeat him was if he had called on the Lord as well. So, long story short, he gets a special so it's a blade. a little bit more complicated. Yes, it's very that. complicated. <laughs> he gets a special sword, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so he, but through all this time and all this things that he has to go through in his own his own nation, he realizes we are we are killing in ourselves. Now, We're killing ourselves. We're so cut off from the rest of the world, like we don't even know what's going on anymore in the world around us. So he's like, okay. I'm going to go out there and see what's going on and also hopefully learn how the human world, these young kingdoms, have all these nations so close to each other and they're not just constantly warring. Like, why? Like, they clearly are doing something differently. Our whole idea is we can only exist with other people if we rule them. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah, so he's just trying to discover 
discover something, a new way of yeah, doing Yeah, a new way of life, doing things. Doing he, and, try, and then he once he discovers it, he's got to figure out how to bring that back. And how to how to change his whole culture? How do you how do you inter- start introducing that to a culture that's already averse to that idea to start with? Now, got it. Int- okay, that makes sense. It is, and the a, a interesting thing is when he is out there, he, he discovers they have Milnibene has cut themselves off so thoroughly that all of their old enemies simply believe that Milnibene was destroyed. That Melnibene doesn't exist anymore. It's just like it's like if people from Atlantis started so they're to, truly to destroy themselves, to just to <laughs> to uh, discover and go around the world, and the world's like, oh man, Atlantis died a long time ago, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm I'm an Atlantean. It's like that, but because they Not were it. Okay, because that makes sense because Melnibene was such enemies of the world. Elric's like, it's probably better if I don't say I'm Melnibenean. Yeah, well, and then also it kind of adds, I think it adds, like, story-wise, it adds to the, like, the idea of that this nation is, like, dying of its own accord. Yeah. Right? Its own atrophy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of jumped around my notes to explain all that, so I'm, I think I might have finished. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I mean, I if you want a spoiler, um, sadly, this never comes to fruition. And Elric is known as the last king of Melnibene. Oh, that's sad. Yep. That's sad. Well, it's wow. it's worse than that. Because of the Lord of Chaos and how he had signed his soul over to them and, and has this... He, in the end, through the, the stories of the books, is the one to do the final sacking of Imrir, his city. Oh gosh! Okay, yeah, that makes it, it is a little a, less. Sad, it is a though, it is just... a dark, dark fantasy story. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty brutal. In the <laughs> end, he is the one to kill his culture and his people. So I was thinking, from this really sad story of Maldivine and Elric, we could create some we interesting make a sad story. Well, I mean, we could make a sad story. We could make. A group that tried to stand up to the gods or something like a like a um, like a city or nation or something only to be crushed down or I don't know. What are you thinking? Wasn't that kind of that was kind of our idea, wasn't it? To make like a um, because we had that kind of building last week, didn't we? Kind of that uh, we're building off of that a little bit last week or the week before. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. um, a group that was like they they were the reborn, so to speak, and we're forgetting different, you know. Yeah, forget their lives. So I guess we can just kind and of flesh kind out of created that group. So I think we should just like make a, a civilization that maybe this group stemmed from or something like that that was completely wiped away by the gods because they mm-hmm. were. I even like the. I mean, because didn't we also make the idea of like you were like civilization was collapsed into the underdark as like a punishment? Huh. Say it again. Was that us? We was that us? <laughs> we made we made like a we were talking about a civilization that rebelled against the god that was collapsed into the underdark. Correct? I don't think that was this season because I don't think we've talked about the underdark at all this season. Because I think that is what we should do. I think a group, um, like a civilization, rebelled against the gods and they were collapsed down into the underdark and like they fell down into the underdark and the gods rebuilt the terrain above them. Never to be seen again. Mm. 
because I think that's really, really fun. I think that's a really cool notion. Mm-hmm. The question is, is who were these people? What did they do? And why did they go against the gods? You know, thoughts? Okay. I, I think I actually, okay. You know what we did have, which I think is what we create, we should create here. We had the people the demons. that were slaughtered by the gods. Remember that? Yep. So, the slaughter of the of the gods slaughtered. They slaughtered these people because they discovered how the gods, how much the gods required them. So, what was this group before? Well, and I think we partially discussed about this too. But I think the, um, I mean, if I had to guess, if I had to make something, this is sort of stereotypical, I guess. Though it would be probably because like they believed they didn't need to worship the gods, or they didn't need the yeah. gods to be successful. That's probably that the was, best. I mean, thing that, I think I that's think what we of. decided. But I don't know. Like, I th- I think there's so much more to build underneath that. Oh, for sure. But I think the base premise would be that they don't, the gods don't, you know. If the gods are, you know, being worshipped and we can function without them, what's the point of worshipping the gods? I think is probably the, the uh, you know, the thing that they would probably go for. And I think the gods would be upset because, you know, they gain power and authority when people worship them. And we could even take it a step further. And maybe the society knew that if, you know, people worshipped the gods, the gods got stronger. So if everybody stopped, then we could all rule our own lives. Mm-hmm. And so they created an entire society based off of, I don't want to say rebellion against the gods, but just not worshiping the gods because we don't need them to live and operate. Mm-hmm. And gain our freedom in the process from the gods. If nobody worships the gods, the gods are nothing. Yeah. What if... Um, so, I mean, they're definitely... They are. They were trying to do things to make themselves become self-reliant, become uh, unable to, I mean, un, not needing the gods' help in any way. Right, right. So, what does that look like? I guess is what we have to we have to ask ourselves. In the traditional sense, isn't it normally like an arcane society that's flourishing because of magic? That's usually the the go-to. Well, so I, I was unsure. I think we should go one of the way. I, I would say it's either should be technology or magic. I think technology would be more interesting because we haven't done it yet. Yeah, what are, what are we thinking when we say technology? Are we talking like steampunk? Yeah. Or are we talking like laser rifles? <laughs> like what are, what I'm thinking are we steampunk. Talking about? I am too. I, I think I like that. Like a Dwemer in Skyrim where they have all this weird technology that they made but their civilization no longer exists yeah yeah i think it is um i think it would be really cool to like discover some of these things hidden not give not you're not going to make the the whole campaign term steampunk at one point but just like no, no, no. giving them like i always like the clockwork amulet it's a small little magic item that just lets you decide to take a 10 instead of rolling so if you know that a roll of a d10, uh, I mean, a roll of 10 would work, you could just say, I'm just going to use this amulet. It gives you one yeah, use. It makes it a 10. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's one like use, and it's a clockwork device. It's an actual magic item in D&D. It's fantastic. It's really interesting, because it's, it's, I'm not even going to go, I'm going to say I'm not even going to go for 
uh, I, I'm not even going to try and get a 20. I'm just going to take a 10. Yeah, I'm just, I know I can succeed if I, you know, like, if I just roll average, <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, giving like them small so- little magic items like that that are just steampunk flavored, really. I mean, even even if you did a little bit, you know, even if you went a little bit bigger than that and did like, you know, a uh, robot, not a robot, but like a steampunk little, you know, like spider companion thing, too. You could even do something small like that, you know, mm. that like functions as a familiar or something like that. You could do, I mean, you know, you could you could do all sorts of little things that just kind of hint that there was some sort of society that's steampunk. Um, but I think... I want to discuss what this civilization looked like because steampunk means a whole lot, a whole lot of different things depending on what world and society, you know, what fantasy you're reading. So, um, do you think the steampunk is kind of like Magic the Gathering and infused a lot with magic? What do you think that looks like? Or do you think it's purely technology based? I think it's infused with magic to an extent. Not excessively so, but. Yeah. I think, it's, I think they're it all considered magic in order items. To like, yeah, I think it has to be a little bit to explain at least, you know, how a lot of the things function. So Yeah, unless you um, want to go through the effort of, okay, let's figure out when did they get uh when when did they get the technology to create steam engines and then how did they figure out coal? You're like, yeah. no, 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 they didn't figure that right. out because why would they? They have magic. Absolutely. So I think first the foundation is I think we need big steam engines that like help function and make the society run. And I think those are powered by like arcane generators, right? I think that would probably be what we go to. Mm -hmm. And I think these big steam engines, um, what they do is they power all sorts of things that function within the city. So like, for example, I think the main thing that my mind went to would be, like, the gates are opened by, like, steam power. So, like, the engines uh, open the gates, so to speak, when a guard wants to open the gates, right? So they just pull lever and the gates, you know, open, open, you know, open up. Um, second, I think what would be really fun to do is have, like, these reflective domes that they have, like, sunlight, like, the daylight spell cast in them. And then they have like these steam valves that keep them warm and like temperature controlled that um, help grow like huge amount of crops and plants, which mm-hmm. is one of the ways they try to, you know, become self self-sustaining. Uh, wow, I can't talk. Self-sustaining. So they create there grow lamps. Um, yeah, like these big grow, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say lamps, but like entire terrain bubbles that they like manage with steam and magical energy, which I think would be really, really fun. Mm. Third thing that I'm thinking of too is some sort of transportation system. Like, I don't know if I want to do like little trolleys or if I want to do like, you know, um, so I watched, I watched platforms a while ago now, the Halo TV show. It was, it was pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know if I love it, but I definitely watch another season. The Halo? Never heard of it. Master Chief? No. Halo? You've never heard of it? Oh, oh, okay. I was I was thinking something completely different. Okay, yeah, okay. Yes, so they had a TV show for Halo. It was on Paramount Plus. It was it's I would definitely watch another season of it. It wasn't what the writing was actually pretty interesting. Um they made a few changes that I'm not entirely happy about, but I don't think it I think it it'll work. Um the um 
on one of the planets they go to, they have like these long cables running around and it's not even like like it's it's going into space. So they just all all around the ceiling of this place, there's all these little like wires running along and they just have these trams that just go through these this wire system up in the, the ceiling of this large asteroid they're in. And I always think that's cool having like a um, like the trams that hang from wires running all over the ceiling of this place. So then do we do like um, like pipes that carry steam and magical energy that kind of run throughout the whole city? And then there's these little like hanging trolleys or trams that like that you can ride on and take. Mm -hmm. Maybe they even like move because when they shift the steam from one place to another, the city, the tram follows where the steam goes. Like it pushes some sort of, you know, device that pushes the trolley along. I think that'd be really fun. Mm -hmm. Do we see this as like skyscraper civilization? Like we have like you know ten story building. Like you know, I mean, obviously. Honestly, I'm imagining this underground. I'm imagining they don't have a they don't have a great understanding of how the gods work, and they're like maybe we can hide it from them. And so like, I like that a that's lot. why I mentioned like grow lights as like they have these large caverns that are that are underground and they have these lights on the ceiling to kind of help plants still be able to grow. Yeah, I like that a lot. And then they temper temperature control them with like steam and like, you know, humidity and moisture. from yeah. like, Steam engines. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's great. So they have this big underground. So they have these little tunnels pipes. carved out where these these trams run along. OK, so now we got to get into the important meat and potatoes because when i think of underground i obviously think of like big dwarven halls like lord of the rings dwarven halls but are we gonna we're, we obviously want to like branch off from that right i honestly think it's really just like basic houses and structure like i don't think they went any differently than how they did above ground because they didn't know and i think before they had time to really like alter how their architecture was designed before they had time okay. to like figure that out they got killed they got massacred. I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest, I'm gonna suggest something completely insane. Okay. What if they? That's created insane. How could you say steam... even say that? Yeah. What if they've created these huge steam bulldozers and they've just been burrowing through the? That's how they made these caverns. Have like, you seen uh, the Disney movie Atlantis? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. The mole <laughs> yes. guy with his, with his like uh, drill yes. truck. Yes. Yes. Yes, like I was thinking they like use like big steam machines like that and they've pushed and shifted like the mountains, so to speak. They've dug through the earth. Yep. They've, I think that's what they, I think that's really cool. And then what I'm thinking too is they have like a build team that like stabilizes behind it and they have all these like copper bracings because, you know, we want it to be steampunky. So they have like all these bracings that hold up and tubes and stuff that hold up the um, ceilings. Totally. I think that, I, yeah, yeah, I love that. And you could probably could you find one of these big steam machines down in the underdark? Yes. Or just down in the yes. I think that'd be fun. And it would be hard to control. It would be just like um What's that magical item that already exists? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know exactly <laughs> the, what I'm the, thinking the of. Barrel, the barrel of Lum the Mad. Yeah. <laughs> Lum the Mad. Yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think you could find those down there too, right? The <laughs> infernal machine of Lum the Mad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they have these big steam machines that like push dirt uh, and like, you know, essentially build the caverns that they reside in. Um, 
I'm thinking too, do we have like, okay, this is also kind of partially insane, but so far we're going for it. What if like the caverns are not super stable because they've been pushing it with this, you know, they've just been digging them out with these big trucks. So what if they have like big steam hydraulic system that like holds up the ceiling. So they have like these big pillars that are connected to like big platforms that just like hold up parts of the ceiling. And maybe if the gods, when the gods like destroyed them, they just destroyed those big pillars and the, the ceilings collapsed. And so there's like, you know, a big ruin that still exists, but like a lot of it's caved in and collapsed. Mm -hmm. And then from these like trolley, from these, um, you know, steam, hydraulic systems they have these pipes that run in between where the trolleys hang so these huge columns i mean i'm talking massive that rise up and connect into the ceiling with these big platforms that hold up the earth above them and between each of these platforms and um you know just kind of running all throughout are all these little pipes that these trolleys kind of run from um next thing that i'm thinking of too is because we, we kind of want to, you know, if if, a, if the party even decides to go in here, we want it to be somewhat fleshed out so we can see. Um, how do you see civilization functioning in terms of, like, housing and stuff? Is this just, like, they just reside in the cavern because they're, like, completely covered already? Like, they, their whole place is one giant house? Or... No, no, no. That's no. what I was saying is I think, I think their architecture hasn't developed at all because I think they got killed before they had... The, before, like... Because once you spend a bunch of time underground, you'd eventually figure out how you should build your houses to make it work better. I think at this point, they're still exactly the same as they were above ground. So I think what we need to do is decide what they were above ground. Honestly... My first is it thought like coliseums, is, like a, I mean, like a like Greek kind of architecture with like the kind of the same thing like we think of as the coliseum and like the. Um, I have two thoughts. Temples. I have two thoughts. My first thought is, what if they don't even have structures in the traditional sense? What if these machines that have pushed the Earth left like sections that still exist? And they have like sections of stone that they exist, but they've carved into those sections of stone to make housing. So like really like long sections of townhomes that are just made from solid stone where they've just carved into them because they've pushed a bunch of space, like made roads essentially, so to speak, with these big steam engines in between like pillars of rock that they've just kept as so like their whole entire society functions within the stone itself too. Hmm. That's one thought that I had. So you'd walk into this like, you know, open chamber that has tracks that these steam engines run along. So they've put down these like railroads, so to speak. I mean, they're not railroads, but you know, that's the best way I can describe it. A railroad that runs and they have these steam engines that just push the dirt and, you know, grind through the stone. But it's a left where these tracks are sections of stone that still, that still stand. And in those sections of stone is just carved out homes and, you know, shops and things that they live in. And maybe um, these tracks just kind of run in, you know, different directions. And so it's just like a big maze of homes and, you know, shops and <laughs> different buildings that are all carved into the stone. The other thought mm -hmm. is, is I don't know if I like the idea of like, you know, a, a Roman, you know, or like a Greek or anything like that, like inspired architecture that just exists down 
because I think if they're trying to hide, like they were just they would build stuff as fast as they could, right? As they were trying to like get away. I think the other thing that I thought of would be like in just a big open plaza with like dividers like they've just set up separate little sections where you know people sleep and people you know like it hasn't even established yet hasn't been fully established yet like homes and things haven't been built it's just like an open space where it's divided into you know we have the little marketplace with tents and you know things like that um you know maybe the, and they focused on like food and things first so they have these big domes that keep the food growing but they haven't really f- established exactly what their architecture looks like in terms of homes mhm but i also love the idea of we do something different in terms of like it's community based in each of these big domes that were created we have these like stone rings that just surround them where like homes live and people go into these domes to you know uh farm and you know grow stuff so i like um i like these separate dome structures being built with these rings around them Mm -hmm. that's cool and then i'm thinking between each of these rings you have strings of lights and you know pipes and trolleys that run in between these big standing structures of stone that they've built and carved their their houses into and they have steam you know they have pipes and you know wiring that runs all throughout these structures that provides you know hot water and you know all sorts of stuff that just go through the city Mm -hmm. i'm even thinking like in between these trolley tracks they have like steam cleaners these big like instead of the drill they have like these versions of them that the exact same size i'm imagining like like large zambonis yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and they just clean the streets the 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 rock beneath and polish it as it you know you know every tuesday or whatever is like yeah. you know the street cleaning day you put out your trash and whatever and these big things push through and just grab it all and they push it out somewhere like maybe down like a giant trench that it just falls into the earth okay now this is unrealistic but in our fantasy world do you think it is a hole all the way down to the center of the earth and they just drop it into the kind of the molten pit. Burns into the lava? Yeah. No? Yeah, maybe so. Okay, what if we... Okay, what? this might be sound insane, but what if we connected the demons, like, where they reside with this society? Like, what if we did, like, a version of the dwarves that dug too greedily, but instead they've connected to the other, other like, world that we have... And this is where possibly demons could arise from, which could also be one of the reasons why the gods destroyed them. Hmm. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> so I, that I, I think they're on a different plane. I don't think they're on this plane. Okay, cool. But I don't know. I maybe. I mean, we could do some sort of incinerator. What if, like, I don't know. Is there a way to make steam so hot that it can burn and destroy and incinerate everything? Like, does it fall down this like big chute and then like? They blast like super pressured heat and steam down into the hole and incinerate everything. You know, it'd be funny. They have a a portal somewhere, and they drop the trash and debris and stuff they don't care about in it, and it appears on the surface of the planet. 
so they're saying hey we're gonna hide down here in the world where the That's gods are we're placing we're placing we're throwing we're creating a landfill on your world well we're gonna stay down here underneath actually what i could see that's similar to that is they have like a big platform that they just push all the debris on and then the platform just like they turn on the steam engine and the steam just like pushes it up through the big hole they've created up to the surface surface world and then they have like machines that just push it off to the side and so like maybe somewhere hidden in the mountains there's just a big trash field debris field of like pipes and waste and refuse and that's how they got discovered i mean that could be something that happened i don't i don't think we should make it that be how they disco- got discovered fair enough yeah fair enough but i do, I, like, I, the I do of, like the idea of them they're keeping their underground clean but they have no yeah they don't give they, they don't care, care how, how the, the god's world clean. feels yeah yeah like they've just they just shove all this junk and it lifts up into the surface and you know more machines push it off to the side what race are these people just all sorts of races or um i think they started with humans and they were like yeah, i mean just honestly, hu- I, just think I think i think, sorts I think this is Probably. what made them think just humans suck so they started with just humans and they were like no 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 humans suck let's create orcs and elves and things that'll at least be good but they didn't get rid of all the humans because some of them weren't going against them i don't know i just think i like the idea of it's just like a big melting pot of people i think i just like it as a you know society of mm-hmm. that's fine that works too thing, just a big melting pot i think because i think if we i don't know if we focus on like a race i don't know i think the gods i think the gods in general just don't care too much about race because the the worship is the same power for everyone so i think everybody just kind of intermingles and intermix intermixes and i think the society is probably no different mm-hmm. it is gather whoever they whoever doesn't want to worship a god so to speak (laughs) yeah all right well i like it i like it a lot so before we end we gotta create one more thing how it was destroyed well we already know that it was a slaughter it was a massacre and some of the gods chose to forget others did not it was a um but i think what we need to do is if we have the what can the PCs learn from going there to the ruins of this place I think there's a couple things one I think they can probably find you know uh, like journals or writings about what life was like before the gods took over Um, I think two they can probably learn some of the atrocities that happened under the gods Mm -hmm. three they can find cool stuff (laughs) (laughs) And what would be, like, one cool thing you would give the party for finding us? <sighs> Boy, I'd pro- I don't know. I'd probably make something. I'd probably make some sort of, like, steam sword or, like, some sort of, you know, mechanical engine that they can ride around on or, I don't know, some <laughs> like a motorcycle. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to think about it. You'd give them a motorcycle? Yeah, like, you know those little, like, in... Descent to Avernus, they have like those cool uh no, I know, I know that they made. And I always thought they were horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, something like that. That'd be kind of fun. 
or maybe like a piece of an airship maybe or like a steam engine for an airship i don't know cool and then give them the op- opportunity to build a um or like a, a steam a gun that shoot. shoots a gun that shoots rocks because of steam so it's like a special weapon something like that i don't know interesting be all sorts of stuff you could think of well i think that'll do it for episode 99 of dungeon eared 99 aaron 99 we're almost we're almost at triple digits what what do we what do we do we got to figure out what we do next episode i don't know i don't know you know big big 100 is not as special as 69 so i don't really know what we're gonna do i have an idea um well thank you all for listening and oh you're just gonna leave us hanging you're gonna say you have an idea and just leave us there yeah i'm not gonna tell i mean i might tell you but i'm not gonna tell the actually no i'm not gonna tell you no you're gonna be left hanging too unless you come up with a better idea and tell me i'm about to lead an audience mutiny and we're gonna take (laughs) over this podcast (laughs) we're gonna take over this podcast from your bad leadership well thank you all for listening and as um if you listen to us on any podcasting apps with ratings and reviews, it really helps if you write a review about the show. Let us know what you think. And also uh, helps the um, apps that you post on uh, know that we are, um, there are people listening and, and paying attention and they'll promote us a little more. Um, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at dungeoneer.hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for topics, lukewarm opens, um, uh, you want to talk to us about something cool you've made, something cool we've made. We'd love to hear it all. Um, anything else you can think of, Aaron? Yeah, show your support for my mutiny in the comments. <laughs> I don't think they have comments under episodes, but if they do, shoot. If they do, oh no, show your support for the mutiny. Hashtag mutant power. Um, <laughs> uh, also, hashtag turtles in a half shell. Um, that's, that's definitely the mutiny the hashtags um tmnt is also another good one for uh the mutiny um <laughs> no it's not no it's, it's not. definitely is that's what tmnt hashtag stands for it's our mutiny hashtag control hashtag usurp josh this is what we need <laughs> well as i always say see this is another always remember <laughs> to be the sharpest barrel in the bunch see you next time bye support my cause (laughs) 